Hello and welcome to The Petri Dish, a podcast dedicated to dissecting topics in one delectable dish. I'm your host, Petri, and thank you so much for joining me here for your Dish of the Week. We've got nerd news, we've got celebrity birthdays, and I finally got to sit down this weekend and watch the Amazon original show, Invincibles. So we'll talk about that later on, right after this short message from our sponsor. So stay tuned. Let's talk about Anchor, the free app brought to you by Spotify that brings you amazing podcasts like the Petri Dish and many more. Anchor has all the tools you need to record and create your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you to all major podcasting platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And best of all, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app today or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome back to the Dish of the Week here on the Petri Dish. Hope you're having an amazing second week of June. Let's kick things off with your 90-second nerd news. The multi-mega-hit-making machine known as Marvel takes up the majority of our nerd news today. The director of Thor Love and Thunder, Taika Waititi, confirmed that the film has wrapped filming thanks to an Instagram post of him and Chris Hemsworth with the biggest set of guns on his arms we have seen Thor have so far. We have also seen set images of the Guardians of the Galaxy also being in this movie. I am very excited for the soundtrack that's going to come with this movie. Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy together, very 80s rock and roll. I'm so excited. A story developing circling around the internet is that Marvel has cast Tina Huerta to play Namor in the Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. Namor is one of the first characters ever created by Marvel, making his debut in Marvel Comics issue 1 by Tomley Comics, the predecessor to Marvel. And Namor is Atlantean royalty. He's half Atlantean, half mutant, and is known for being an anti-hero and has a long history with the Black Panther and Wakanda. Lots of fights between Wakanda and Atlantis, so... I'm very excited about Namor making his way into the MCU in Phase 4. And the biggest news of all, today the Disney Plus series Loki premieres, and I am very excited to sit down and watch it. I'm sure I will discuss it in detail later on, but I'm very excited. Loki has been detained by the Time Variance Authority for escaping with an Infinity Stone and creating branch timelines, so we will get to see many versions of Loki potentially in the show. I'm very excited. It premieres today on Disney Plus. And that has been your 90 second nerd news for the second week of June 2021. Celebrity birthdays this week include Liam Neeson, Bear Grylls, Bill Hader, Michael Sarah, Michael J. Fox, Johnny Depp, Hugh Laurie, Dr. Oz and Dave Franco. I realized after making and reading this list that I don't have any women on this list. So happy birthday to all the ladies, she's and days and slays out there. Happy third week of Gemini. There's an a solar eclipse happening on the 10th. So chill out that day. Anywho, happy birthday. For our final segment today, I wanted to talk about the show Invincible. I finally got to watch it this weekend. I know that (laughs) 
<laughs> Many times I find myself jumping on a bandwagon way after it's already left the station. You know what I mean? I just watched all those Marvel movies and that was the bulk of the, <laughs> the last month. So now I'm finally getting to watch other TV shows that I've been wanting to watch. And the first one on the list was Invincible. Very good show. Not what I was expecting. I came into it with no knowledge whatsoever. I understand that it is based off of the comic book series. We'll talk about that in a second. But before we get into it, it is an animated show, but it is not intended for children or any adults that are squeamish, to be quite honest. There are going to be some spoilers ahead, but I will say that it is very gory and uh, violent, I will say, before we go any further so it is not for the faint of heart it is not intended for if you if if your threshold for superheroes is marvel stay with marvel (laughs) this show is not (laughs) it was written by the same guy who wrote the walking dead okay so expect at least that level of gore and violence going ahead so if that doesn't sound like your zhuzh if that is not for you that is totally fine thank you for stopping by here on the petri dish for the dish of the week we will see you next week when we talk about the history of juneteenth let me just throw that in there now next week will be devoted to juneteenth and the history behind it the emancipation proclamation and what goes on after that next week on the dish of the week but for now if you are still here and ready to do this mini dissection of the show invincible with me we will get into it right now so invincible is an amazon original animated series based on the comic book by robert kirkman Corey walker and ryan otley Robert Kirkman is the writer of the Walking Dead series, and both The Walking Dead and Invincible, both of the comic book series, were produced through Image Comics, which likes to produce individual works through one conglomerate uh, company. Is that how you, is those the right technical terms? I don't know, business, you know. Anyway, Robert Kirkman wrote Walking Dead, An amazing show, an amazing comic book series. He's been fascinated with horror films since he was a child. And he wrote the first and last episodes of the animated series. Very glad to see him on board with the production of the animated series as well. Now, I'm not going to lie. My roommate, especially from college, is going to be very mad at me. I have not seen The Walking Dead. (laughs) Zombies are not my thing. I'm not a big horror person. I get scared very easily. I believe I have seen demons before. We won't get into that today, but anyway. Yes, zombies are not my thing. So I'm very new to Robert Kirkman's work. I know he is very established and well-known, and I give him that respect from the jump. You know what I mean? But such this, this show is so good. It was not what I was expecting <laughs> at all, but we'll talk about what happens in a minute. So Corey Walker is the artist. Super clean, colorful artwork. I really enjoyed the design of this show. Everything looks so clean and like any standard superhero show, right? Very streamlined, very colorful, well done work. And then we get into (laughs) what happens by the end of the first episode. Spoiler alerts ahead if you have not seen the first episode and you are interested. Go watch the first episode before you get any further into this conversation. Anywho, amazing voice actors in this show. We have J.K. Simmons playing Omni-Man, otherwise known as Nolan Grayson. Sandra Oh playing his wife, Debbie Grayson. And Steven Yoon playing Mark Grayson, the main protagonist of this show. And speaking of 
The Walking Dead. Fun fact, all of the characters and superheroes in the Guardians of the Globe, almost like Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> Guardians of the Globe are voiced by current or former cast members of The Walking Dead. Now, if I understand correctly, Invincible at the time of recording is the only dramatic hour-long animated superhero show, which makes it stand out obviously all on its own. You get an hour-long show which, which helps you uh, have these big dramatic moments while also giving them a chance to breathe. You know, have these moments to really sit down with the characters and get to know them outside of all the action-packed scenes. So that's really great for an hour-long show. And <laughs> if you haven't figured it out yet, it's very violent and very gory. So an hour-long show is perfect. A perfect format for Invincible. On top of that, this show uses a lot of recycled superhero tropes. We have the Guardians of the Globe, which are very similar to the Justice League. When the Invincible comics were coming out, the Justice League show on Cartoon Network was just coming out. So there's that tie-in. But I also noticed a lot of other similarities between this show and other superhero franchises. For example... The Graysons, Mark Grayson, I noticed uh, Grayson is the same last name as Dick Grayson in Batman. Dick Grayson being Robin, going on to be Nightwing, of course. What were some other similarities? I mean, most of the characters of the Guardians of the Globe were very similar to their counterparts. In the Justice League, you have characters like War Woman, who is very similar to Wonder Woman. We have Martian Man, very similar to the Martian Manhunter from Justice League. Red Rush, similar to Flash. We have the character Darkwing, very similar to Batman. And at first, seeing all these similarities, I was thinking, is this just a ripoff show? Like, are we just copying ideas from everybody else? Surely not. And not gonna lie, for most of the first episode, I thought that was gonna be the case. Until the twist at the end. And speaking of which, the character Omni-Man is very similar to Superman in the DC Comics. He comes from a far-off planet and comes to this planet to rescue and save our planet. Very similar to Superman. And while I was doing my research, I found out that Kirkman actually wanted to play with these superhero tropes while making a little fun of them, while also, you know, giving them their respect. And I think the first episode of Invincible does a great job of setting you up to think that, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't know what's about to happen, <laughs> set you up to think that this is just, you know, your average superhero story with a, with a teen boy coming into his own as a superhero in a world full of superheroes where superheroes are the norm, right? And then we get the big twist at the end. So last warning for spoiler alerts for the first episode, because, have they left yet? Okay. At the end of the first episode, everything seems fine. Mark has gotten his powers and has declared that he's going to go by the superhero name Invincible. We get like two seconds of ending credits and then we see all the guardians of the globe are summoned to their base all together. They find out that none of them sent the beacon for them all to come back. And Omni-Man literally tears them apart. I <laughs> was so <laughs> shocked when he comes in and literally just tears, rips, smashes them apart. 
the man that we are supposed to think is the savior of our world, the superhero, the, the superhero of all superheroes, right, slaughters the biggest team of heroes in the game. And that's where the episode ends. And you're just like, what? <laughs> Later you come to find out that Omni-Man was sent from Viltrum to basically conquer Earth, right, and claim it for the Viltrum Empire, which leads to this big fight between Omni-Man and Invincible, father and son. One of the biggest tropes and one of the biggest uh, plots that I enjoy is the relationship between Mark and his father, with his father trying to whip him into shape to break Mark down into becoming a Viltrum soldier, basically, a Viltrum conqueror. And Mark does not want to do that, being a child of Earth, right? His mother is human. And seeing him literally battle his father for the sake of the world, seeing Omni-Man beat Mark to a pulp at the end of the show, just to break down and realize that he just beat his son down in order to conquer this world, and seeing Omni-Man break down and take off into space at the end of the show, the first season I should say, because I'm pretty sure they're going to make more seasons, but a very, very powerful show. Gory hypergore to the max. I'm talking chopping heads off and just I don't want to I don't want to get explicit, but Game of Thrones gore. If you saw the Watchmen movie, that kind of gore. I haven't seen the Watchmen show on HBO, which is gonna come soon. That level of gore and violence. What this show does differently than a lot of superhero shows and tropes aimed towards children is that this is a superhero world with superhero consequences. When the town gets uh, blown up and people and cars are flying everywhere, you see people getting squished by cars. You see people exploding because of the alien gunshots. You know what I mean? Like it's it's meant to put this in a very realistic, hypersensitive, hyper gore mood aesthetic. What am I trying to say? But as much as I I'm a squeamish person, I don't really care for the gore and violence. It it it's I mean it's it's hyper gore, so it's meant to be artistically just gross and gruesome. But in at the same way, it puts it in a very re realistic type of setting. Mark has to deal with the trauma of civilians dying right in front of him when he's trying to save them, and that is something you don't see very often. Well, I frankly don't think we see that at all in any other superhero shows, right? The realistic trauma and uh and uh dangers of being a superhero and at the same time it's got you know the teenage drama the love triangles the he said she said the trying to hide the secret identity from the girlfriend all those classic tropes because it's an hour-long show we get to have those moments and have those scenes right where you get to see the inner workings and the inner relationship the personal relationships that the superheroes have so with all that said, I would love to get my hands on the comics and get to read all of the entire series of the comics because it's already wrapped. I think there's like 140-something issues of the comics, and it's a done deal. The story's done, and I think I would like to get my hands on that before seasons two and three and further on of the show come out. But I will leave it at that for now, in case anyone else hasn't gotten a chance to watch it, there are 11 episodes, I believe, in the first season, so I binged it all in one day. Worth it. Very good show. Very good story. Very good superhero. Action-packed drama. 
Thank you for joining me here for another installment of the Dish of the Week here on the Petri Dish. I am your host, Petri. If you've enjoyed what you have heard so far on the Petri Dish, please consider leaving a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have a message you'd like to send to the Petri Dish to have read on the show, send us an email at thepetridishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Instagram at thepetridish, or you can find me personally at cpetrio. You can also send a voice message directly to the Petri Dish at anchor.fm slash the Petri Dish. Once again, thank you so much for joining me here on the Dish of the Week. Tune in next week when we talk about the history of Juneteenth. Until then, goodbye.